Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes back her spiritual teacher and intuitive channel, Sarah Landon, as the two of them chat about taking the leap into the new decade and reaching our highest potential in the years to come. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan. We're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle, as well as 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with peace, joy, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com. You can also find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. And uh, you are always welcome to find out more about me by visiting my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. Um, so, Benny, uh, Merry Christmas, since I haven't talked to you. Yeah, since back at before. you. We're past it. We're <laughs> through it. We're on to another one for next year. And Happy New Year to you as well. Hey, you too, Benny. It's just it's so funny. This is, um, you know, part of what makes this particular show special is it's rounding out not only the year, but the decade. And it'll be almost five years that we've been doing this show right oh, here as we don't close make out. Me cry. You know, dear God, don't, don't make me cry. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I was I was just telling our guest before we went on air, mm-hmm. who our guest today is Sarah Landon. And Benny knows Sarah well. I know Sarah well. And she has been probably the most repeat guest on Sunny in Seattle. And I was looking at the show calendar and I'm, you know, booked out several months. And then I looked down and I thought, wait a minute, I didn't feel December 27th. And this was about a week ago. And I thought, oh, my goodness, how did I miss this? I mean, back? You, you have returnees, <laughs> you have all stars. I mean, there's just so many, you know, wonderful things we could say about it. You just got to bring that person back. I know. And I thought, well, this little spot has yeah. apparently been waiting for Sarah. And I reached out to her and um, <laughs> Sarah, I'll just I'll read your bio in a minute. But I want right. to bring you on because you had just said what, Sarah, <laughs> before. I had just said that I was going to take like a week between Christmas and New Year's and I, you know, I wasn't going to, not that I work, you know, not that it's work. It's my absolute joy to do what I do, but I thought, well, maybe I need a little downtime. And then I thought, nah, I don't need that. I'm good. I don't need any downtime. And then five minutes later, I got your message. Just tossing a radio show. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad I didn't catch you five minutes sooner when you were like, nope, I'm on a break. (laughs) Exactly. Yep, five minutes sooner, the answer would have been no, Sonny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just, I mean, it just feels so synchronistic. I mean, I really can't think of anyone that I would want to round out the year and the decade with more than you as our guest. So I'm just so happy that you're here. And thank you for making space during your break time or what is your, whatever ends up being your downtime to come back on Sunny in Seattle. Yes, we'll call it our uptime, like, you know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Much better. I know. Isn't it fun to rethink all those words we use all the yes. time and think, ah, yeah, I like uptime better. <laughs> yes, exactly. And and I just love the perfect synchronicity of, of in the moment I went, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm so happy. I love what I do. I don't even need downtime. This is good. <laughs> and then there you are. Like, Ding. how perfect is that? So I love it. <laughs> 
Well, for those who don't know you, I'm just going to read your official bio and then we'll we'll go ahead and let you tell them a little bit more about you. But Sarah Landon has been called a leader of leaders for the next generation of transformation, a former corporate professional and entrepreneur turned inspirational speaker, spiritual teacher and intuitive channel. Sarah is recognized as a globally celebrated leader in the field of human potential and spiritual living. Sarah's passion is helping people discover their unique life's purpose and the power within them to create a positive impact in the world around them. Sarah's ability to connect into an expanded awareness and higher level consciousness offers clients, students, and participants in her courses, workshops, and coaching programs the wisdom to live their highest potential regardless of current limitations and life circumstances. Sarah is living proof that when aligned to the energetic power of the source within you, anything is possible. Uh, you can find out more about her by visiting her website, which is sarahlandon.com. That is sarahlandon.com. Um, and, you know, Sarah, I know we've shared your story on the show before, sometimes more limited forms, sometimes a little bit more detailed. And I'm just going to leave it up to you this morning um, to share whatever feels appropriate about your background before we kind of dive in about what's going on with the wisdom from the council these days. Oh, gosh. Um you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you say that is just that kind of flashback to 10 years ago, you know, 2009, going into 2010. I mean, thinking about each of us, where were you 10 years ago? You know, we're going into a new decade and a new time. And literally, I was living a completely different life Yeah, in Seattle, actually. I, I absolutely love Seattle. It has a very, very special place in my heart always and so many wonderful friends and great people there. And I, I was in the corporate world, you know, living the dream, what I thought I was supposed to be doing in order mm -hmm. to live a happy, successful life. And um, at that time, though, I had just gone through quite an awakening experience myself of just um, having gone through a divorce, having had cancer, uh, really knowing that I needed to leave my corporate career, which I had spent years building and, and a company and an and a incredible group of people that I, I loved, but I just knew it was not my purpose. And I didn't really know what my purpose was. If you would have asked me 10 years ago what I would be doing now, there's no way I would have said anything, uh, even close yeah. to the life I'm living now. But uh, <laughs> through a series of incredible events and experiences, I now absolutely live a life beyond my wildest dreams that I never could have imagined for myself. And, and it really was a process of going through the awakening experience, you know, when, when you start questioning life, you know, my, my initial experience of this was when my brother died in a car accident in 2001. And it really opened my um, awareness to so much more that is going on in our, in our life beyond what our physical senses can perceive. Mm -hmm. And I was always very, I was raised very, uh, in a very loving Christian family, with the influence of a very spiritual aunt. And I, I always loved God and the, I it always knew that there was this higher power or something more, but I didn't really know what that meant in my life. And I certainly never related that to living a successful life. You know, you have spirituality over here on one side and you have work success making money, you know, doing all the things you quote unquote should or are supposed to be doing on this side. And 
and what I've really come to realize is that, you know, spirituality, consciousness, uh, awareness, all of these deeper things actually are what create a more fulfilling, purposeful life with more joy and more love and greater harmonious relationships and more ease and well-being in your life and health, as well as that feeling of being um, living a rich, full, successful life is what happens when you integrate your higher potential into your everyday life. And I think what what I have uh, I have said this a couple of times, you've probably heard me say it, you know, we, we all sort of have this quest in our life experience, this one sort of question that is always driving us. You know, what is that one question for you that you're always sort of seeking to answer in your life? And if you just, you know, something might come up and pop right into your mind, or you might think about it over the next couple of days as you're going into the new year. But for me, the underlying question always in my life has been, what's really possible with our, our life experience? You know, what is our highest potential? You know, what this whole notion that anything is possible for us when we begin to move beyond our limitation, our beliefs in our own limitations. And so uh, the work that I do now is, is all about that, helping people live their absolute highest potential, whatever that is for you and whatever that means for you. And, and to me, we all, absolutely, no matter what your current circumstances are, no matter what your current life conditions are, anything and everything is possible for you. And you absolutely can live a miraculous life, a magical life with joy and love and well-being and abundance and beauty, you know, really just that deep appreciation for all that we have been given in this life experience. And so as we go into the new year, you know, just kind of asking yourself that question, you know, what is it that really drives you? You know, what is it that really um, you're always sort of seeking on this quest to answer this one question with your life experience. And you might find a, a more, a greater awareness of, of what your purpose is in really asking yourself that question. Mm. God, I have so many questions now that I want to <laughs> ask you after hearing that. But I am curious, since we are talking about you know, your life being so drastically different looking back 10 years ago, of course, I'm very similarly mm -hmm. situated, vastly different life, um, still married, still living in Austin, and uh, still so many other things, not even really on my spiritual journey yet, or wasn't aware of it. Let's I'm sure I was, but <laughs> I just wasn't aware of it. And things have changed so dramatically for me. I know from your life, Sarah, that you really are an example of living what is possible, living the highest potential and things really being joyful, easy, effortless, harmonious, all the good stuff. And I'm just curious, how long did it take for you to go uh, from the old way of doing things to this way that you are now showing is possible? Does that question make sense? Yeah, it's a great question, Sunny. And the answer, from my perspective, is it's a continual practice every day. Every day I see just kind of that, 
it's the little sort of thing where we go, oh, you know, I, uh, I, I've been working so hard and I finally can take a day off. You know, that is your own belief. <laughs> That's your own belief in being uh, stuck or not free to do what you want to do with your life. You know, it's, it's I think, the, the interesting thing that we've been talking about um, a lot in the master's class program and in a lot of the courses and the teachings and the wisdom that comes through recently is that, you know, the thing we all really want is freedom. Yeah. Freedom to be who we are, freedom to live our life the way we want to live, free to have the experiences we want to have. If you think about, you know, if somebody wants money or they want to create uh, more money or, or, or earn more money or make more money or start a business, you know, if you really ask them, what is it that you really, really want? Why do you want more money? And they almost always say, because I want to be free to do what I want to do and create what I want to create. I want to make a lot of money so I can travel and, and I have the freedom to live my life the way I want to live it or do the things I want to do. You know, the very definition I think of abundance is having whatever you need to, in order to do what you feel called to do when you feel called to do it. And for most people, they think, once I have the money, I'll be free. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, we just take the same beliefs in our own limitation into whatever level of financial uh, success we have. You know, we just take the same limited beliefs. We take the same thing of, you can't play until you've worked really hard. You know, you can't live the life you want to live and travel until you work hard for 30 or 40 years and then retire is a very uh, core limited belief we have in our collective. Mm-hmm. The idea that you can't have fun until you've worked hard all day or all week and then on the weekend when you're so exhausted, right? Yeah. That was my former life. My life was all about living for my vacations. And, and, you get to this place where you create a life just like not wanting to take any downtime this week. I, I love my life. I love what I do. My, I don't have a job. I do what brings me joy. And, but yet there's still this practice every day of seeing the limited beliefs I have put on myself and really practicing being aware of them and being impeccable with uh, what you really believe is possible for you. So, so let's go back to freedom for a second. If you want health, if you want a healthy body, if you want to be free of a pain or a disease or an ailment, you want it so that you you can be free, mm-hmm. free to go play, free to, you know, go have the experiences you want to have without pain or without disease or having the energy. Um, all of that is freedom. I even think that the, the same is true in relationships. When people say, you know, I, I want to create a loving relationship. I want to get married or I want to find my soulmate. If you really dig into that, there's this underlying belief that when they found the one, then they would be free to express who they really are and be who they really are. It all comes back to freedom. And yet I believe that freedom is almost the thing that we fear the most being so incredibly free to be who you are, to expand and to grow, to express all that you are, to have the experiences you want to have and live the life you want to have would mean that you have to take complete and total responsibility for your life. 
There's no more excuses. There's no more blaming anybody. There's no more story. You can't blame your parents. You can't blame your family. You can't blame your conditions or your upbringing. You have to actually live from a level of total responsibility for your choices, for your beliefs, for the way you think, and for your, your actions every day. And so when we bring that to our awareness and we start to see all the little ways we've just been programmed and conditioned and, you know, there's no blame in that at all. It's just, we've picked up these beliefs that we're not really free to be who we want to be or to be all that we are or to live the life we want to live. And you absolutely are. You could not be more free. You're so incredibly free that you can choose to think thoughts that holds you in limitation all day long, whether you're conscious of them or not. So the first step is just recognizing that it's a practice. Be so kind and gentle to yourself and really practice self-love in doing this. But, but you will see that every day there's an opportunity to realize uh, that you really are free to choose the life you want to live every single day and what experience do you want to have today you know one of one of the things that i think um, has really been a, a huge shift in the in the teachings is you know being aware of this word do yeah. <laughs> do and should right uh what should i do or i should do this or what do i need to do today right the second you ask yourself what do i need to do today you're kind of in this powerless mode these are the things you have to do and you will only be free to do what you want to do after you do do the things you have to do or should do. And this is just one way we keep ourselves stuck and overwhelmed and unable to do the things that we really want to do that bring us joy. And when I ask people, what really brings you joy? Sometimes people can't answer that question. Sometimes they really have to think about it. But for the most part... When they do get around to really going, okay, you know, what brings me joy? Nature, sunshine, music, their friends, their family, their, their animals, their dog, their cat, their horse, uh, doing things that, that are fun for them, maybe drawing or painting or, or cooking, you know, it, it, it's all pretty similar. Most people say that the majority of the things that bring them joy are all very similar to everyone. And yet, when you ask them, when's the last time you did those things? Most will say, I can't, I don't have time. I have to do all these other things for other people. So they start their day with, what do I have to do? Instead of what brings me joy or what experience do I want to have today? What do I want to experience today? If, you, if you're thinking about the new year, if you're thinking about you know, just this time between Christmas and the new year where maybe things aren't quite as busy, starting to program your way of thinking this way, starting to practice this, what experience do I want to have today? What do I want to experience today? And, and maybe the First thing that comes to mind is doing something out in nature, you know, going for a walk, or maybe a person comes to mind, or maybe you want to sit and journal or, or make a list of all the things that you're, 
grateful for, you appreciate, but just starting to make this shift to, from not what do I have to do to what experience do I want to have today? And you start seeing that you are actually free to choose. You know, it, it, it's, it's just even noticing that every single day you're free to make hundreds, if not thousands of choices that you don't realize that you're actually free to make, which is, you know, what did you wear today? What did you eat for breakfast? What did you say to that person? What did you say to this person? You know, what did you have for lunch? What did you eat for dinner? What, you're making choices all day long. You're, you're absolutely, totally free to live the life you want to live and be who you are and express all that you are. You just have to give yourself permission to do so. Yeah, and I, I really, I like where the teachings have been going, but I have to, I'm going to play devil's advocate yeah, for a minute yeah. here, because I'm sure for people out there listening, they say, okay, that sounds all well and good, that I want to I want to have more freedom as an experience today. I want to have more joy. I want uh, all of the good stuff, but I have a job that pays my mortgage, or I have certain family obligations that are in place, and we have, as we've already acknowledged, a lot of collective beliefs about working hard for a meager reward. So what is it just like an incremental process of doing this little by little? Or do you advise people to kind of jump off the deep end and just trust that it's all going to be all well and good? Or how when people are having human concerns, what is how do you respond to that to still bring these teachings into their life? Yeah, really good question. Thank you. Um, so two things here. First off, um, I'm, I'm going to start with trust. Okay. Because I hear this a lot. Uh, do I just trust? Do uh, how, how can I really trust God? Or how do I really trust the universe? Or how do I really trust that source has my back? Right? Mm -hmm. And it's not really about trusting the universe or trusting God or trusting these things outside of you, the, the thing that you've really got to trust is you. It's really about trusting yourself to be present, to stay clear and grounded, to allow yourself to be guided, mm. to, you can always tell if you're in the moment and you're really present and you're tuned into how you feel, you can always you know what the next perfect step is. You know what you're feeling guided to do. Intuition is always, always, always available to you, but it's in the present moment. You don't get intuition for 20 or 100 steps ahead. You get intuition for the next perfect step. And we do get intuition of maybe a bigger picture or a vision or, or uh, a grander perspective of things, but you still have to tune in in the moment. So trust is simply and only about you trusting that no matter what happens and no matter what goes on, that you can come into the moment and be present and be conscious and be aware in every moment and aligned with yourself. That's trust. Mm -hmm. so, so if you're worried, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, all you're really doing is taking yourself out of the present moment where you feel completely ungrounded, out of your power, powerless, and intuition can't guide you when you're worried and stressed and living in the future. And the same is true when you're living in the past. If you're 
feeling guilty or resentful or you're feeling shame, you're living in the past and, and you're not in the moment. And so you don't get intuition when you're not present and conscious and aware in this moment. So that that's just a little thing about trust. Um, yeah. So first off in, in your question, you said, uh, people who have to go to a job to pay their bills, they yeah, right. have family obligations. That's just a, a, a way of thinking that makes us feel powerless over our conditions, over our life. It holds us in bondage. It keeps us stuck. And, uh, and most people get pretty resentful. Mm-hmm. It, it, is a, it is a belief. It's a way of thinking. I have to go to work. I have these family obligations. It's putting all of your power out there. And so the first thing is just take a moment and realize you don't have to do anything. You are choosing to honor a family obligation. You are choosing to go to that job. You are choosing to have a job and that job. And you're choosing to have the expenses you have you're choosing that. Now, uh, just that one simple thing, if you can shift into, wait, I, I chose this. I might want to choose something different from this moment on, mm-hmm. but whatever you're living is based on the choices you've made up until now. And the more aware and the more conscious you are, the, the grander perspective you really have of who you really are and why you're here and what's possible for you, you can begin to choose based on what you want to create more of or what you want more of in your life. But the first step is really understanding that you've chosen all of that and you're choosing to honor a family obligation or you're choosing to continue to work for that employer. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this looks like a good time to take our break. Does that sound okay, Sarah? And we can pick it up when we come back. Yeah. Okay. Benny, if that sounds good to you, let's take our break. Um, you are listening to sunny in Seattle. I am joined today by spiritual teacher and channel Sarah Landon, one of our favorite return guests, uh, to find out more about her. The website is sarahlandon.com and we will be back in just a few. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizewitz, and this is Climate Connections. In 2018, there were about 5 million electric cars on the road globally. It sounds like a large number, but with well over a billion cars worldwide, EVs are still only a small percentage. One barrier to people making the switch from conventional cars is cost. EV prices generally remain high, mainly because batteries are still expensive. But Ellen Hughes Cromwick, senior economist at the University of Michigan Energy Institute, says that's changing. We are observing that many manufacturers as well as technology companies and innovative startups are driving that cost lower. We expect that in the next three to five years, that battery cost will be very competitive She says that by 2025, an electric car will likely cost the same as a comparable gas-powered one. That will make them more accessible to consumers, even without financial incentives, which have already brought down the price of EVs in many countries. So as battery technology continues to evolve, more electric cars are likely to hit the road. 
Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans and if left untreated can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message sponsored by Heart Valve Voice US. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy, joined today by a spiritual teacher and a spiritual channel, Sarah Landon. Um, and we were talking during the break, um, Sarah, we were just, uh, you know, what all we want to cover because our conversations could go on way longer than an hour. Um, but I I recently was uh, blessed to have a session with the council. And one of the things I really wanted to talk about was something that came up um, that was has been really meaningful and transformative to me. Um, so just a little bit of background is I have been really asking, you're, you're, you've asked about earlier in the show, what are some of the biggest driving questions in our life? And one of the ones that I've really been sitting with for quite some time is making sure that I'm living my purpose. And I think, I, I think the reason that it's so, um, what's the word? It feels so urgent for me mm-hmm. or it needs to happen is because I feel like I spent the first 30 some odd years of my life overriding the, the guidance that I was getting from, you know, my soul or from the divine or just where my heart and spirit were leading me. I basically looked at or listened to the voice and told it, sorry, no, I'm going this way because my human wants this. And I think Mm -hmm. this is the only way I can get it. So I, you know, ended up in a marriage while I'm, it's, it's hard to say, I don't know that I would trade my experiences necessarily. I just wonder if there was a more easy and effortless path to where I'm, you know, ultimately where some of the dots will connect in a different way. Eh, Either way, you know, I don't think we can make mistakes, get it wrong. But anyway, I spent, you know, until about midlife overriding the leanings of my heart, spirit, soul. And I just want to make sure that for the duration that I'm here in a human body, that I really uh, listen to my soul and do what I came here to do. And I, you know, I'm also one of those that believes that before we take on a human body, we look down and or from wherever we are in the ethereal realms, wherever those are. Um, and, you know, say, okay, here's some potentials. Here's some things that would be really cool to do. Here's some people I may meet up with, some relationships I may have, some work that I may do. Whatever the most fun, big, full experiences that I envision, I want to live those and listen to my soul in doing so. All that to say, then I get this big, like, mounting pressure, like, oh my gosh, what if I don't live my purpose? What if I'm not getting what I wanted to do right? And so this beautiful session that I had with the council basically was like, relax. (laughs) Your main, from a soul's perspective, 
your soul doesn't come in here. It doesn't necessarily have to be president, have to be Oprah, have to have to do this one specific thing with this one specific person. It doesn't it doesn't have to be um, it doesn't have to be this one specific way from the soul's perspective. There are various ways that you can get there and it is just to live fully and love yourself. And I thought, well, what the what? So anyway, that's the lead up to say, what are your what have what are your thoughts on all that, Sarah? Oh well, just a little point of clarity in case people are wondering or they're new to my work. The council is a oh, yeah. sorry <laughs> um, expanded awareness and higher level consciousness that I channel, and it, it's a collective, and it, they they always refer uh, to themselves as we, and and so the wisdom and the teaching that come through me from the council is is what Sonny's referring to. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I was, I was on that same journey, you know, my, my purpose must be really specific and I, I don't want to get it wrong. Um, you know, it's really interesting that I think uh, this whole underlying thing for so many people of being good enough and accomplishing enough so that they have achieved or that they are successful so that they can finally be good enough, maybe, you know, prove to a parent or, you know, prove to someone that said they couldn't make it, you know, that they're good enough. It's this really, really deep, deep, deep fear that we could somehow get our purpose in this life experience wrong. Um, from a religious perspective, a lot of people feel like, you know, that they, that, that they didn't live God's plan for their life or that they, they didn't get the plan right. And this, this, for a lot of people is a really heavy uh, burden to carry to think that you could ever get your purpose wrong. And you, it, it's not that specific, but it, it is simply about really, really loving yourself. And even if you look at core religious teachings, you know, love God with thy whole heart, mind, body, and soul. That's self-love. That's you really loving yourself. And some people can, can go, okay, yeah, I get that part. But the second part of fully living, really fully living your life. And most of the time we're sitting here explaining why we can't fully live the life we want to live. We feel, we feel disempowered, we feel stuck, we've got all these reasons and excuses and beliefs and circumstances of why we can't fully live our life. So when you come to the end of your life and you, and you look back at it, most people would say, I wish I would have done that thing I always wanted to do, at least have tried, right? Mm -hmm. it's, that's the living fully. Your purpose is fully living your life and loving yourself and all the other parts of the divine plan and God's plan and your purpose, it'll all happen through you as you live your life fully. So you're here to express all that you are, to be all that you are. You know, for most of us, that's still really a practice. You know, you might discover every day more of who you are and who you really want to be. But it's also understanding that every experience you have in your life to your example of your divorce and certain things in your life, that most people 
heard that little voice that said, don't do that or don't do this, or, you know, we really wanted something. Mm -hmm. And yet, like you said, there, we, we went about it in a, in a way that might've been very limiting, might've been gone against kind of our own truth or our own well-being, or we agreed to something that we never wanted to agree to, but we thought that's the only way that, you know, we're going to be able to have that experience we want to have or, or do that thing we want to do. And so we, we kind of silently, quietly, a little bit out of a time, at a time, kind of betray our soul. And then we don't really trust ourselves because we got the little intuition that said, don't do that or do this. And we didn't listen to it. Yeah. And so it's a practice of listening to it again and, 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 and really forgiving yourself because a lot of times we might think that, wow, look at all the trauma and drama I created for myself when I didn't trust myself and listen to my own intuition. And sometimes it, it can be a, a process in itself to really forgive yourself without judging yourself. You know, we, we've been talking a lot about judgment and judgment of others, judgment of what we think is right and wrong, judgment of ourselves. But judgment always entangles you with trauma and drama and stress and usually negativity. So forgive yourself without judging yourself for whatever you did until now. You did the very best you could with what you knew. And, and honor that. When you... When you know better, you you really do better. When you when you begin to realize the power you have, the ability you have to create the life you want to live, you do make different choices and you do go about things differently. But forgive yourself for those times that you forgot who you really are and what's really possible for you. And so all those experiences that we have, they provide data, they provide information, it all leads to your expansion. It all expands your soul, it expands your consciousness, it expands your awareness, it all serves. So you can't really get it wrong, as you said. And so go ahead, Sunny. Oh, no, no, please, please. No, I, as you keep going, I'm like, nope, nope, I want to keep listening. So <laughs> keep going. <laughs> so the real... I think piece that's important is just to, to, it, I, I remember years ago before I ever got into doing this work, I was always very drawn to spiritual teachings. And I, I think probably a lot of people can relate. You've read a lot of books, you've got a lot of information, but it's about really living it. It's about applying it in your life. Once you have an experience of it, that's when it changes you and you go, Oh, I know what that means now. So I remember years and years and years ago reading The Power of Now, and I struggled to read the book. And I, I remember going, okay, I don't know how this is going to, this whole present moment now thing, you know, I don't know how it's going to make me any more money or more success, <laughs> right. or I don't know how I'm going to be happier with that, you know. Oh my gosh, uh, it, it took me many years to get to the place where I actually had the experience of going, oh, I get it. It really is all about being here now in the now moment being present taking a breath be where you are and accept where you are accept just the way it is right now and instantly you will feel a sense of peace and you know it, it goes back in this uh, awareness that when you're in judgment when you're in resistance 
when you're reacting to what is, your entire body is in fight and flight mode. Your body is stressed. You're constricting. You're not going to receive intuition, divine guidance, that inspiration you want. You know, when we're in those moments, when we really think we need inspired action the most, the very resistance that we're in or the judgment of ourself of how did I get in this position or the reaction to what someone else did, right? That's the very thing that's holding you in a state that doesn't allow you to access the inspiration that's always available to you in every moment, but you've got to be in the moment. And the more present you are and the more space you put around yourself and the more awareness you have of the light that's in that space, you'll know what to do. You'll know where to go. You'll know what to say. You'll be in this flow of life. I remember hearing, you know, that for years and years, this idea of being in the flow, you know, it goes back to Taoism. And I didn't know what that meant until I really had an experience of it. And so, you know, it, it, it is about practicing this. It is about being open and, and recognizing when you have an experience of it. And where we're going now, you know, is this transition from being in this time of transformation you know, transformation is that the, the, the metaphor or the analogy of going from a caterpillar, you know, crawling on the ground with a very limited viewpoint of life to, you know, why am I in this cocoon and what's going on here to emerging as this beautiful butterfly that is, you know, magical and, and miraculous and beautiful and and for a lot of people, we've been going through that transformation for the last 10 years. Yeah. And, and the life that you were living no longer worked for you. Or, you know, it felt like things were falling apart, but they really were falling into place for you. Life is always happening for you. It's not happening to you. It's always happening for you. So this time has been of transformation. And you know, for many people, it's been a dark night of the soul, uh, or a dark decade or a dark yeah. year. It's, it's been, it's, it, there's been a lot going on. And so we're now moving into that transformation of really emerging on the other side of it into a much more, uh, miraculous life experience. And, and so we're moving into the decade of the master, which is really about living mastery, really mastering all of this wisdom and this awareness, uh, not from a hierarchical or comparison level, but so that you can really master your life experience so that it can be everything you meant it to be, so that you can fully live your life and love yourself and, and live in a state of joy and harmony. And it's about moving into this uh, magical way of living. And, and I really mean that in the most grounded um, perspective, that when you begin to start noticing the beauty and the magic and the ease and the flow and the joy in your life, you just get more. You know, yeah. you get what you're focused on, but more than anything, you get what you are, which means that if you are in a state of joy and peace, you get more of that. You, you that's a whole other topic of, of uh, yeah. conversation, but uh, 
moving into this time of really knowing yourself as the master that you are of your own life experience is living fully, loving yourself fully, be all that you are, know that you are free and, and living in a mo in the moment where you're present and aligned and you're conscious of what you're choosing, of what you're thinking, of what you're feeling, of the experiences that you're creating. Yeah, and and I know you have uh, specifically your next course uh, coming up starting January 11th is on the decade of the master. Um, yeah, and uh, that that um, that will be a way to take that further, I guess, and embody those principles. Um, so um, yeah, for those out there who are interested, that is available. Um, so you know, Sarah going into this new decade, you have coming up a really special, um, uh, what is it? I, I guess a segment is what we call it on Gaia TV. And I'm just dying to know how that came <laughs> about. And because I've of course seen a clip of it, um, just a little short segment and having visited you in Santa Barbara and knowing these very specific places where you taped these segments, including your beautiful sanctuary of a, a property there. Um, I just, I'm so excited. How did that come about? And what, what, what are you going to be talking about on that? So show, you know, I think that's the, the, the brief story of how this came together. It's an interview on Gaia TV, which is, is a dream come true that I didn't really have until the moment it came true, but I realized <laughs> it is beyond even the biggest dream I had for myself at one point, but I'll, you know, I'll tell you the story really briefly because okay. when I was in the corporate world, I was living in Seattle, uh, you know, living a totally different life. This is about 10 years ago, almost exactly. Yeah. Um, and I remember going, you know, that I, I was, I, I really did have a great life. I don't mean to say in any way that um, my life at the time was not wonderful and that I was not so blessed because I, I was very blessed. I just knew I wasn't really living my life. I was doing everything that I thought I should do or I was supposed to do to be successful and happy. And it wasn't really based on me consciously choosing what experience I wanted to have or how I wanted to live my own life fully. I just did what I thought I should do right. and, and had a great amount of success doing it. But I, I had never really seen anyone do what I wanted to do. You know, there were some examples of it, like Wayne Dyer. I really loved Wayne Dyer. I had read a lot of his books. I had seen some of his um, programs on PBS and things. And, and I, the only thing I could really identify, you know, 12 years ago in my life was being a spiritual teacher. And mm -hmm. the only thing I really saw that somehow excited me and went, oh, yeah, that's it. That's the experience I want to have was Wayne Dyer being interviewed by Oprah on Super Soul Sunday. And then yeah. I started watching Oprah Super Soul Sunday, which is filmed about a mile from my present uh, home in Santa Barbara. And so the dream that I held in my heart and in my imagination for many, many, many years was imagining myself under the oak trees being interviewed by Oprah at her estate, you know, in, in Montecito and, you know, something like what Wayne Dyer did. And so that's what, what moved me forward. You know, that's the momentum I had. That's the direction I was going. That was sort of the goal that I had. Um, 
And through a variety of incredible experiences, I ended up moving to Santa Barbara. I end up doing this work, which is even beyond what I ever could have imagined I would be doing. (coughs) And, um, and I had the opportunity to meet and, and Oprah and her staff and, uh, right about the time that she essentially stopped doing Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. Like the whole dream that propelled me for <laughs> And so um, I, I just continued to hold that, you know, in the right place in the right time. But one of the things that the council always taught was don't put such a big gap between where you are and what your dream is, no matter how big it is. And so mm. I happened to live, like I said, about a mile or so from Oprah uh, in a beautiful, beautiful property and home. And it's like a sanctuary. Sunny's been here and I have these beautiful oak trees. And so I would oftentimes go walk under the oak trees or sit and just kind of imagine that I was being interviewed by Oprah and what I would talk about, what I wanted to say. And, and so long story short, a, a out of the blue, quote unquote, which is kind of my uh, my code name for, you know, wow, this is like a miracle or some divine uh-huh. orchestration. I get a call from Ruben Langdon, who has a new show on Gaia TV. And uh, his first season was so successful that they doubled his budget and wanted a whole new season in a very short period of time. So they gave him a crew and and he said, I want to come to Santa Barbara and interview you. So he shows up with his crew, his film crew. And I swear it was, I think it was three days of just the most, it was beyond, it was so beyond anything I could have ever imagined for myself. You know, we were filming in my favorite places. We had a drone. We set up a studio and a set in my house and in my backyard. And we filmed it all at my house with my dog and my cat in my home. <laughs> which was so far beyond like it was just awesome so that interview is coming out in about february march of 2020 on gaia tv which was a beyond my wildest dream something i never could have thought to ask for and you know that is that was one of the very first messages i ever received when i started channeling uh the council was if you will just live this wisdom and these teachings you will live a life beyond your wildest dreams and i remember going okay well you know, you, you might be source energy and all, but I have some really big dreams and I don't know about that. So, so, uh, but I did, I did. And, and really for me, this work is, you know, uh, my first and foremost commitment and purpose is to live the wisdom and the teachings that come through me and to show others, um, how your life can be everything you want it to be. And I really, truly believe that, living it um, is the greatest gift I could ever give. And I, I think for everyone, it's the same. You know, you whatever it is that you most want for the people that you love, if you want your family to just be happy, then the greatest gift you could ever give them is for you to just be happy. Whatever you want to give others, it, you must first embody it and live it and give it to yourself. You cannot give what you do not have. And most all the time people come to me and they say, I want to help people. I want to help people. I want to help people. And what can I do to help people? And, and the council would say, do what you love 
live your life fully. That will help people. You being an inspiration, you getting beyond the limited beliefs, all this, this limited programming and conditioning that we get. And it's all, there's no judgment in that at all. Uh, I really don't mean that from a judgmental perspective. I think every day we sift through more and more, you know, limited beliefs that we've sort of picked up or ways of speaking that actually disempower us that we might not have even realized. And every day you just get a little bit more aware of it and you shift it. You get a little bit, it gets easier and you, you do start to really embody this more. But the best thing you could ever do to help anybody is be all that you are and live your life fully and you live a life of joy and ease and fun and and let your life be everything you really want it to be yeah and i i just have to say you know i'm i'm of course a member of the masters class community that you have and mm-hmm. one of the things that i've noticed is there are a lot of places you can give your atten- intention and uh, energy in the world. Um, and I know there are a lot of places that people want to help and heal and fix and all of that. Um, and I honor that. But in order to be recharged enough in my own experience to go back out into the world, um, I need people like you who are living what is possible so that I am inspired, so that. I see what can be possible for others as well as myself. So anyway, I just have to thank you, Sarah, for coming back today to talk about all of this and to be that inspiration to show what is possible and to help us um, really live our fullest potential simply by loving ourselves and living fully without having some big, hairy, scary plan for something specific Mm -hmm. we feel like we have to do to get it right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So thank you, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it might be something very simple. You know, we, we create this, a lot of the helping thing comes from this programming of, um, you know, religion and all of that. And I am, my, my greatest, you know, my core is just this, uh, deep alignment to being a humanitarian and a philanthropist and giving and serving and loving and wanting to uplift others, you know, I think if you're listening to this, you probably are are totally aligned with that, or you probably wouldn't be listening to this this conversation. Um, In thirty but, seconds, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, you know, it, so it's it's just making that little shift that you are, you know, you're the light of the world. You're the love in the world. Joy comes through you. You know, if, if you want more peace in the world, you you must first find it within you. That's how you create more peace in the world, in your life, in your family is through you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And on that beautiful note, we will bring uh, this decade of sunny in Seattle, this year of sunny in Seattle to a close to find out more about Sarah and her inspiring messages. You can visit her website, which is sarahlandon.com. That is sarahlandon.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. And with that, we will sign off. See you next year, everybody. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.